This is Running the Race with Pastor Eddie Pinero of Calvary Chapel of Milford in Milford, Pennsylvania. This is very important because we find this pattern consistent with our Lord and Savior. You see, in order for Paul to be effective in the ministry, you have to spend time with him. And Paul knew that. Paul knew that. As much as he loves people, he wants to be around people, but there are times when you want to be left alone with the Lord. We find in all four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they are penning down the life of Christ, and they've always wrote down that Jesus took time out and prayed to the Father. And he went up into the mountain, and he prayed, and he went, and he prayed. Fellowship with our fellow believers is a crucial part of our spiritual development, but just as important is our time alone with God. As we examine the life and ministry of Paul with Pastor Eddie, we see that even Paul required this time to draw close to God. He wouldn't have been a successful minister for Christ without that time. The same is true of us. If we desire to make an impact for Jesus, we need that one-on-one time with Him. Well, let's join Pastor Eddie for today's edition of Running the Race. We get to verse 13. Here's where we left off. It starts off, it says, then we, Paul is, in, I mean, uh, Luke is including himself because Luke is the author of the book of Acts. He says, then we went ahead to the ship and sailed to Asos. They sailed to Asos from Troas. They are there intending to take Paul on board. For so he had given orders, intending himself to go on foot. And so as they were getting ready to leave, Paul says, listen, you guys go ahead. I'm going to go on foot. And so this trip between the both, I mean, Paul, you know, he's on foot. They're sailing. Sailing from, uh, from Troas to Asos is about 40 miles because you have to go around the peninsula if you look at your map. But Paul walking from uh, Troas to Asos is only 20 to 25 miles. So it took him a day to get there. It's a little shorter, but it took him a day to get there. Now, I'm sure that the disciples who were with him, this was Paul and all the men that were listed there in the previous verses uh, were were with him. Um, I'm pretty sure that these men that were in the boat were concerned about Paul's safety because everywhere Paul went, they just threw stones at him. They beat him up. They out to plot to kill him. And so I'm pretty sure that, you know, it was a concern for them. But Paul gave them an order. He's a leader. So listen, don't worry. You guys go. I'm going on foot. Now, it is obvious, and I believe this. I believe this wholeheartedly. It is obvious that Paul wanted some alone time. And for, for Luke to write this, inspired by the Holy Spirit, it's, it's for a reason. It's for us to see, okay, yeah, he's going to walk. Okay, big deal. They get there. He could have said, okay, we went from Troas uh, to, to Asos. And then we continued. But he included this. And I think this is very important because we find this pattern consistent with our Lord and Savior. You see, in order for Paul to be effective in the ministry, you have to spend time with the Lord. And Paul knew that. Paul knew that. 
As much as he loves people, he wants to be around people, but there are times when you want to be left alone with the Lord. We find in all four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they are penning down the life of Christ, and they've always wrote, wrote down that Jesus took time out and prayed to the Father. And he went up into the mount, and he prayed, and he went, and he prayed. Jesus himself sought the Father. Now, his disciples, they see this. They see that Jesus always took time to find uh, to some, some alone time to spend with the Lord. And we look at a group like uh, the disciples who are pretty much like a motley crew, a mess up group of guys, you know. And they were able to see the life of, and witness the life of Christ. And you think by witnessing the life of Christ that they would look and say, you know what, Jesus, can you teach us how to perform these miracles you've been doing Can you teach us how to raise someone from the dead? Can you teach us how to walk on water? No, what did they ask Jesus to teach them? Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. Because they themselves know that it's important that if you want a ministry, to have an effective ministry, you need to spend time alone with the Lord. And I could tell you that that's where I need to find that place where I could be alone with the Lord. I remember when I used to get off out of work in midnight shift. I used to go and drive up because I live up in Orange County, and I would go up to uh, Montgomery. There's a place called Winding Hills. I'm telling you now before I didn't tell anybody my secret place. But I would go there, and it's a nice lake, and it has benches all around. And I get it off at the midnight shift, and I'll be over there by, by my 9, 30, 10 o'clock, quiet. I open my Bible, spend time with the Lord. What a peaceful time I had. And I can assure you that the time that you spend alone with the Lord is very important. Paul knew it. He needed to spend time with the Lord. Jesus did it. He spent time with the Father. And so he continues on. And and now Paul is about to travel to Asos. And, uh, you know, is, is Paul in the Lord's day? Is me and the Lord just walking and getting there? So in verse 14, it says, And when he met us at Asos, he took him on board and came, but he came aboard to Matalini. We sailed from there, and the next day came opposite of Chios. The following day, we arrived to Samos and traveled to Trogilium. The next day, we came to Miletus. But Paul had decided to sell past Ephesus. Why would he pass Ephesus? He loves Ephesus. He's been there for three years. But Paul decided to pass Ephesus so that he would not have to spend time in Asia. For he was hurrying to be at Jerusalem, if possible, on the day of Pentecost. Now, we know Paul loved the people in Ephesus. He spent, out of all, throughout his whole ministry, Ephesus was the longest that he's ever stayed, the longest place. He stayed for almost three years, two and a half to three years. And we study in chapter 19 of the effect he had in his ministry. He shared the gospel, and businessmen like Demetrius, remember, they were getting upset because he was sharing the gospel, and no one was going to the temple of Diana, nor were they buying the little statues made by Demetrius. And so they uh, protest against Paul, or the people of the way. And we see that Paul made an effect there in Ephesus. Why? Because he spent time discipling men, building churches, building ministry. And so we see that there, uh, as he, he wants, he, want, he loves them, but he has to pass. He's built relationship, disciples, ministries, and churches. And then once, you know, he knows that once they see him and say, hey, Paul, we got a theological question for you. <laughs> Paul, can you stay? Hey, we made some matzo soup for you. Come on, hang out. 
Paul knew it would be impossible for him to pass through Ephesus in Asia because he wanted to go to Jerusalem. Paul knew that, you know, there was more of a greater need going to Jerusalem because why? The day of Pentecost, the feast, there were Jews coming from all over. And he knew that the people in Ephesus, they're doing okay. The church is growing. They're thriving. My ministry is done there. Now I need to go and share the gospel to those who don't know about Christ. And this is a great opportunity because Jews are coming from all over. And that's why he had a desire to go back to Jerusalem. That's where everybody met. Paul always went to the crowd. He wasn't one that wanted to be a part of the crowd. He went to the crowd to share the gospel. Even when the crowd wanted to kill him, he would go and share the gospel. Knowing that the riot that was caused in Ephesus was all because of his ministry. And they all rushed in. Those that were rioting against, against the people of the way, they go into the theater. And Paul said, wow, a theater full of people. What a great opportunity to get everybody at once. Captive audience, share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And they say, uh, Paul, you're the reason why they're upset. Paul didn't care. So after counsel, they talk Paul. Say, listen, Paul, this is not the crowd that you're going to want to talk to. Okay? And so Paul always wanted to go where the people where there was a need. Remember, you see the, the ministry of Paul. Every city he went to, he went into the synagogue. And that's what all the men gathered. He went to the town. He went everywhere where the men gathered so he could share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so he wanted to go back to Jerusalem. And he knew that there was a greater need there. Verse 17. From Miletus, he sent to Ephesus and called for the elders of the church. He couldn't go and get them himself because it would be impossible for him to gather all the elders in, in Ephesus if he did himself. So he sent for them. He sent for them. And instead, he calls them. And what's going to happen here, the reason why he calls them, we're going to see probably one of the uh, first pastor's conference. We see Paul is going to pour out his heart to these to these elders from Ephesus. You know, Luke writes about the ministry and the life of Paul. And as he pens down his ministry and his sermons and his teachings, you find that almost all, not, not all, but most of all Paul's messages were for unbelievers and for Christians. Here in the text before us, Luke is writing his ministry, and he knows that most of the times that he's, he's, he's speaking and he's sharing, he's sharing about the gospel to non-believers and non-Christians. But here, verses, from, verses 18 to 35, Paul is going to be, give the men, the elders of Ephesus, a farewell speech, but it's like a conference because he's going to give them final instructions, exhortations about ministry and service. So this here is pretty much like the first pastor's conference, you know? Like the pastor's conference that they have nowadays, not the ones we go to because I want to spend my money. I know when I know who's teaching and what's the theme, I love it when we go to the Calvary Chapel Conference. We love to go. What's the theme? There is no theme. We just have the people that are teaching bring the word. Not how to do church, how to grow your church, how to have more people. None of that. How to have better lights and sirens, track lights and smoke screens. No, it's about building the pastors, in the word. That's all it is. And if you go to our Facebook page, and you'll find that we had just one guitarist. One guitarist. Him singing and another guy singing with him. That was it. And they would play worship. 
Meanwhile, almost over a thousand, it was 1,200 pastors, uh, 1,200 pastors singing in one voice. It wasn't, okay, let's get the drums. Oh, let's get lights. Oh, let's, let's, let's work this up. They didn't need it. One guitarist, two vocals, that's it. And that stopped two years ago because uh, Joe Foles, who oversees the East, East Coast Pastor Conference, you know, he said, you know what? We had the drums, we had keyboard, but you know what? We got pastors coming in. They want to say, oh, maybe I could use that for my church. Oh, what do you do for your drums? What do you do? Listen, is that's not the focus. Focus to build you up in the word. That's all it is. And that's what I love about the pastor. But there's a lot out there that how to, the, how to do church. Do-it-yourself church kind of books, you know? And, and it's sad. But here we see Paul is going to be speaking about um, his ministry uh, for you students. Verses 18 to 21. From verses 18 to 21, Paul's going to speak about his, his ministry, his testimony, his last three years that they've known him. So he's going to talk about his past there in Ephesus. For, in verses 22 and 23, Paul's going to speak about his immediate future. Just those two verses. What lies ahead for the ministry of Paul? And then from verses 24 to 35, Paul is going to continue to speak about his ministry with them. He's going to instruct, give them some instruction, exhortation, and also warning. Warning, you know, you got to warn the church. This all began from the very beginning of the church. There was always false teachers. You find in John's epistle, 1 John. You find it in the epistle of Jude. And you find in Paul's epistles later on that there are always people creeping in with some false doctrine. But here, let us begin. Let us go back uh, some thousands of years, not the pastor's conference 2016, but the pastor's conference in about 60 AD. In verse 18, it says, And when they had come to him, he said to them, You know from the first day that I came to Asia, in what manner I always lived among you. Paul, first of all, as a leader, as a pastor, Paul lived an open life. He was an open book or an open epistle, if you will. And people knew who he was, and, and they read him. By, he was read by all men. They, they knew who Paul was, his testimony, in and out of the homes, in and out of the theaters. They knew who Paul was. And he tells them, you know from day one about my testimony when I first came here. And what manner I lived among you. And even more, those who, who witnessed Paul, the life Paul didn't have a home. He didn't have a timeshare. He didn't have a co-op. Paul lived with other believers. And so people that were with Paul, they witnessed Paul from sunrise to sundown. They saw Paul kneel down in prayer before he went to bed. They saw Paul get up in the morning and walk in the day. Can you imagine? They saw who he was. They saw how his mannerism, they saw everything. So they know him. They, they saw him. They, they studied him. They lived with him. And you know all too well that the people uh, that know you better are the ones that live with you, right? You know, even just think about that. That's kind of scary. The people that really know you, you know, they know you well. They know all the good things, the bad things, and the things that don't go in public, right? The things, this stays home, honey. We don't share this with everybody, <laughs> you know? You really know someone when you live with them. I'm surprised when people, you know, share with Judy things about me, you know, and it's says some nice things or whatever she always tells me. I say, just keep it coming. Not just kidding. I say, I'm surprised you didn't say, well, try living with him. <laughs> you know, pray for my wife. She needs it. <laughs> 
By the way, Paul lived and set a godly example to the church, to disciples, and all that were with him. He was an elder. He was concerned. Uh, he loved the Lord. And here's one thing. If you're concerned about what people think about you or how people judge you or you're afraid, you know, if you fix your eyes on Jesus, you don't have to worry about what people think about you. You don't have to worry about, you know, you trying to, you know, you know hide anything from anyone. Don't hide anything. Just live for Jesus. You don't have to worry about that. Paul wrote to the church of Corinth in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16. He says, therefore, I urge you, imitate me. Imitate me. But he, he is, you know, it, it's not an example, in, you know, like, you know, instead of imitate Jesus, but he said, but imitate me as I follow Jesus. And, of course, it's not for us to really fix our eyes on a man. The Bible says, damn, is he who confides in a man. Then later on, Paul, Paul, Paul writes in chapter 11 of 1 Corinthians, verse 1, he says, imitate me just as I also imitate Christ. This is how Christians should live, and leaders, and pastors, and ministers. If you're a Christian, regardless if you're in ministry or not, you ought to live, set that example to the world. And Paul was one because he knew that he was a leader. But he set that example because he cared, he loved, he, was a, he had a shepherd's heart, he was a teacher. And that's the heart he had. I love his letter to the church in Thessalonica. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 7 and 8, we can see the heart of Paul here. He said, but we were gentle among you, just as a nursing mother cherishes her own child, so affectionately longing for you. We were well pleased to impart to you not only the gospel of God, but also our own lives because you had become dear to us. Not only sharing the gospel because I love you. Yeah, I want to even give, surrender you know, my life to the Lord and give my life to the Lord, but also to you. I want to serve you. This was the heart of Paul. He had the heart of a shepherd. He says, you know from the first day that I came to Asia in what manner I've always lived among you, verse 19, serving the Lord with all humility, with many tears and trials, which happened to me by the plotting of the Jews. You think about the life of Paul. How can a man like Paul make it through all these years of ministry, all that he'd been through and all the suffering, stone, almost left to die? And he made it all with, with, with many tears and trials. How can a man like Paul make it through all these years? You know how? By serving the Lord. It says there in verse 19, serving the Lord with all humility. He served the Lord. You see, the problem in ministry is that if you serve man to the point where you become a man pleaser, you don't only last for a little while. We're here to serve people, but we're not here to please people. That's the problem. That's what gets people all burnt out. I know a lot of ministers, a lot of pastors, they're burnt out because they're trying to please everyone. You see, as a pastor, I'm not here to please people. You know how I could please you? is by giving you the truth of the word of God. That is it. That is my responsibility, is to teach you the word of God. But, you know, you have some church circles where the people have the voice. You have some church circles where it's board run, where it's what the board decides. And that's the problem because now we're pleasing the board. Am I a puppet to the board or am I serving the Lord? You know, if it's all about the people, let me tell you, Jesus would have never had disciples because it's not biblical. 
That kind of government, church government is not biblical. But Paul was one that sought the Lord. He sought the He wasn't a man pleaser. I'm not a man pleaser. Many times I get people, they'll say things, it's fine, you know, at least show me in scripture how am I to obey that and where I'm wrong. I, I, my, my pulpit is always open. My office, everything, anything I say, do you think is unbiblical or not true or offensive? I have an open door. You don't have to call. We don't, get, we don't have that problem. Somebody recently sent a letter with no name, whatever. We just throw them out. You want to remain anonymous? In the garbage you go. I'm an open man. If you want to bring correction to the church, the ministry, and what we are, because we're not like your church. We're a different church. Every church is different. And people think that, oh, well, your church should do this. No, that's your ministry, your church, your calling. God has called us to do different things here. Every church is not the same. We have people with all kinds of ideas. And, and so I'm not a man pleaser. Write letters all you want. Just put your name on it. If you don't put your name, I won't entertain it. <laughs> anyway, not a man pleaser. And that's what Paul did. He wasn't, he wasn't there for man. He, he served who he served. He served the Lord. He served God. He wasn't a man pleaser. Thus far, we've seen Paul. Paul served the Lord with all humility, and this is important, serving God with a whole, all humility, because Paul was a man. If, we, if you've been with us through our study, we've seen the Lord use Paul in miracles, healings, casting out demon, demons, and, and, and you know, just turning a whole region of Asia Minor to the Lord. What, what incredible ministry. Even knew the word in Scripture and taught it, and he always pointed to the Lord, never took credit for it. Never say, oh, yeah, I have the healing powers. You know, come to me or send $5 and I'll pray for your sickness. You know, you get that a lot. It's sad. And I believe God can really use. I still believe that God can still use people. And he's still doing it now. But he needs people he could trust with the powers that he gives them, with the ministry he gives them. He needs people he could trust. Is this person a humble person or he's going to get all the credit? Is he going to point to me? He's going to give the glory to me? Or is he going to get all the credit? Paul was one who did it in humility. We see, all, we see his life, but he never took the credit. He served the Lord with all humility. And it says, with many tears and trials, which happened to me by the plotting of the Jews. Paul always had opposition. You know, it's like, it's, it's always automatic. It's always faithful. He serves, he, he does the ministry. And all of a sudden, it goes the attacks from the enemy. It happens. It happens all the time. It happens to me, but I don't entertain it. I continue doing what the Lord tells me to do. Who cares? I ain't got no time. I got, I got no time to deal with the enemy. I, I deal with the Lord. And Paul, he, he, many tears. I'm pretty sure what, what put him to tears was the fact that his fellow Israelites, his kinsmen, uh, don't believe that Jesus is the Messiah. He had a heart for people. What do you think he would go with sail and walk all the way to go to Jerusalem during the, the feast? Because he loved them. I'm Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Running the Race. Eddie will continue teaching through the book of Acts next time. Now we want to encourage you to become a Facebook friend with us. Log on to runningtheraceradio.com. You can also subscribe to the Running the Race podcast at runningtheraceradio.com or search for Running the Race in the iTunes store. If you're like most people, you probably use a smartphone. Once you subscribe to the Running the Race podcast, 
you'll always have solid Bible teaching available to you anywhere, anytime. So log on to runningtheraceradio.com and subscribe to the Running the Race podcast. Again, to become our Facebook friend and access the archive of messages, log on to runningtheraceradio.com. Now here's Tracy with information about how you can help partner with us. We all know it's vitally important to support the local church, the place we call home. But it's also very important to support missionaries. Have you ever considered that running the race is missionary work? It is. Please prayerfully consider financially supporting Running the Race. Go to runningtheraceradio.com and click on the Give option in the main menu. Thanks, Tracy. Well, that's all the time we have for today. We invite you to join us again for the next study as Eddie shares insights with us from the book of Acts. That's next time on Running the Race.